Folks, in our youth, when our careers were growing and expenses were high, we needed to get the most from our savings and the money we invested in the market. As we age, we need a safer strategy, one that can protect against market loss. We need to keep our hard-earned principles safe while allowing growth to provide us with reliable retirement income. Therefore, to learn about reliable retirement income, I highly recommend Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy. Strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm Arif Halaby. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Took a second for the last name. Just writing down some quick notes as I try to serve you guys here on the Total Financial Hour every week at this time. Listen, our, our show is about uh, trying to find ideas and ways to help you get out of debt, manage money, be aware. And now I'm going to add take action. Right, there's one thing to be cerebral about things, right? Your job is to be a thinker. Your job is to learn, of course. But if you don't turn it into action, if you don't actually do something, sit on these school boards, go to these PTA meetings, right? Get involved with city council and the water boards. You, you might have heard me bring up the water district and the water boards a lot over the years. And here's why. Because that's where the power lies. It's an extremely easy issue to fix. Now, very, very well, at least say simple and moderately easy. I'm willing to give the left a little bit of, I guess, a little bit of credibility, maybe. I don't know. That's a hard word to say when you say the, the left wing of America, right? The left wing of America is controlling the environmental issues, and it all surround, uh, centers and surrounds itself with water. Let's be clear on a couple of things with water. Simple. The same water that's been on Earth today is the same water on earth when whether you believe it's a big bang bang, or whether you believe uh, God said, let there be light, it's the same amount of water. I mean, you can say, oh, a little bit escaped out into space and the astronauts went out there and they they ejected some water vapor out into the, from the space. Okay, I get it. There's a little bit. But 99.9, I don't know, I'm willing to go 99.6%. Of the same water. It's either solid, ice, a liquid, lakes and oceans, or a vapor, the clouds and the humidity. Right? That's simple. When you have massive flooding on one side of this planet and one side of a state and one side of the country, is it an issue for you to realize that, uh, that maybe we can put a pipeline together and just bring it across the country? Fill up reservoirs? 
right? Uh, we already have a reservoir system. Why don't we just fill up the reservoirs? Why don't we create a pipeline? You guys, we spent a hundred billion dollars to create a train to fentanyl, human waste, homeless, vacated San Francisco. Explain to me who wants to go up to San Francisco. And why does it matter that much in today's world of electronic and and FedEx and UPS and email, fax machine scan, right? Explain to me, DocuSign, why does it even matter that San Francisco is the center of anything? I, I guess that's where people live, but you've already demonstrated People don't need to live where they work. Why are we sending $100 billion for a train to get up there at about four times the cost per person that a Southwest Airlines can get there? Or with less reliability than a JetBlue? Which is hard to, hard to say in the same, same words, but it, but it happens. right? We can get there with an airline ticket. You understand that. $39.89, even $159. Faster. And you don't think they're going to make you uh, subsidize and pay for this train? Who was the first one that got the money out of this story? Remember that? Who was the first one? Diane Feinstein's husband. Right? This train to nowhere nowhere was Diane Feinstein's. What? Right around $100 million. And I can promise you he put in a change order for a few extra dollars. Because that's just the way he thinks. That's how he made his money. Diane Feinstein's husband's very clear on a couple of things. He's a businessman. So why wouldn't you not take this same money if you're the state of California and buy up, oh, maybe 15 foot wide pieces of land, 10 feet down across the country, right? Farmers might sell it to you. They would sell it to you for a premium because you're going to come right back and bury it. And then you can plant your crops right on top of it. And guess what happens when water leaks? It's water. Water leaks into water. It it leaks into the uh, land. Wait, what? Oh, it's a really bad leak. Okay, you have insurance. You flooded out my crops. Get in there. You have valves along the way. You shut it off. You're telling me the flooding in the Mississippi River Delta, they're not willing to now be paid? I mean, imagine that. That's a whole new industry, right? To be paid to have water fill up our reservoirs? Because the secret between Pyramid Lake and Castaic Lake is that it generates, that's Northern LA County for some of you, it generates electricity, right? They, they reduce the water from one, it runs downhill. It's all throughout the state. I'm just talking about a local one. It comes down through, turns a turbo, turbine and fills up Castaic Lake. And then at night, when nobody's using electricity, when it's quiet, they pump it right back up to the top. And then they do it again. So imagine, listen, they're going to lose to evaporation. Because remember, one of the places that water disappears is in the air. So you send, it's not a difficult conversation, you send the water there. And what about all the the other reservoirs? What about Lake Mead? Can you imagine filling up Lake Mead? And the power generating, if you want it to be, quote, green energy, fill it up. Lake Mead, Lake Powell, they have to turn off certain water generating facilities when the, uh, when the water level drops. 
This isn't a difficult conversation. So you go across America. Oh, yeah, there's going to be engineering, getting it over the Rockies. Oh, really? You don't think there's people that can figure that part out? You don't think there's going to be some parts where we're going to have to pump it to reservoirs and then we go up to the next 200 feet and then we pump it again another 200 feet? The Romans figured this out. If you're not sure, just go back and look at history. The Romans figured this out hundreds of years ago. Go to King Herod's castle. King Herod figured this out in Israel by the Dead Sea. (laughs) They figured out how to transport water, how to store water. If our Department of Water and Power in Southern California Edison, but specifically our DWP, who's rate-paying customers are being raped and pillaged by the industry. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I love you guys. I love DWP. But you guys are charging an arm and a leg, and you're hurting old people. Yes, you are. To pay secretaries eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 a year in retirement. For the next 30 years, if you were an assistant, an admin, you receive 80000 a year. That's not commensurate with Social Security. Who pays that? H- who? Older people, younger people, they can't afford it. Right? When utilities are going off the charts, when you got lied to and tricked with the solar panels. Yeah, you did, remember? Oh, we're going to pay you. Oh, I'm just going to make up a number because I don't have the exact in front of me, so I, I don't want you to think I... I'm quoting an exact number, but let's say they're going to pay you 20 cents a kilowatt when you send it, send it back to them. So great. You spend your money. You maintain your roof. You got holes in your roof. Some of you did. Some of you had massive disasters. It took weeks, sometimes months to get somebody from the city or the county out building and safety to approve your solar project before they could plug it in and turn it on. One person I know, it took 10 months. That means they paid for this solar panel and it panels and it took 10 months before they could plug it in. So meanwhile, your roof is the solar slash power generating plant for Department of Water and Power. You're sending it right back to the grid, but you maintain it. So you maintain a power plant for the Department of Water and Power. I'm upset about them. I I think they're charging people way too much money. I think there's solutions to it and they want to purposely make this a difficult problem to solve when it isn't because they kowtow to the left. Oh, environmental, there's going to be six frogs and three fish. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think the people of the San Fernando Valley matter a bit more. I think the people of Burbank and Glendale matter a bit more. Now they get their power from a different source. They have steam plants. Look at the five freeway. You can see some of them. You'll see power plants generating steam, but they, but they use water. You understand that? And then the water goes where? Into the atmosphere. And then it comes down in rain, and we start this cycle all over again. Wouldn't it be nice to have more water so they can burn? Because they use natural gas. They didn't fall in line with the, the silly Department of Water and Power destroying. It's nearly brand new, instant natural gas electrical generators. They dis- they dismembered them. They, they, they told them, tore them apart. They disassembled it. Brand new, they paid for them. You paid for them, by the way. It didn't hurt anybody's salary. And the Department of Water and Power felt it was a good idea 
to charge you for it, to put it up, the left-wing environmentalists, the six very loud people in the room who scream and yell, and then they're offended. Ooh, they're offended. Change the world, they're offended. So then, instead of having courage and saying, you know, I, I get it, but the people are a bit more important. And this global warming thing is, eh, just, you know what, I don't think it's as real as you think. Of course, we're getting warmer. We got colder there for a while. Then we're going to get warmer again. Then we're going to get colder again. It's called life. It happens. And instead, they shut down. So instead of thinking common sense, says, look, I'm going to put, we have rivers. We have uh, places overflowing across the rains and the floods in Midwest. Couldn't you just put a pipeline I mean, listen, I'm not the smartest crayon in the box here. I, I get it. I'm sure, oh, there's regulatory, there's surveying, and then you have to take a look at the overall management of the situation. I get it. You can use big words, and one plus one is two, and at the end of the story, the water exists. You're making people put in rocks in their front yard instead of grass. Some of you have the fake grass. You, you can like it. It's your grass. Uh, just something about it. I don't know, maybe because I used to mow lawns as a kid and I just have this love to, for the garden, right? I was a gardener's helper for three years. That was my job. After school, I'd come home, do my homework. Mr. Haney would come pick me up at about four o'clock and we would mow lawns until it got dark and even a little bit afterwards. Sweep and I would use the edger because I was the young 15, 16, 17-year-old. Here I am. Oh, my back still feels it. Carrying the, the, the blower and the edger. It's what you did. Right? And I, I don't even remember what he paid me, 5 or $10 for the day or something. I have an affinity to, to a fresh, clean, nice yard. I loved it. So I'm not a fan of this fake grass. Right? The, the Department of Water and Power, they're going to give you a little bit of money and then they charge it to you back. People say, oh, I got a discount on my taxes. No, you are paying for it. You will always pay for it. Nobody's going to take a smaller pension. Nobody's going to take less benefits. Why don't you guys go to Transparent California? Transparent California. You can put in any city, county, state entity and a person by that. For some of you that are curious, oh, my neighbor is a retired judge. What does he make? Well, you can put his name in there. Right? You want to see anybody's salary plus their benefits, by the way. Where do you think I get this data from? And you can search by entity. Give me everybody who works at this community college. Give me everybody who works at the Department of Water and Power. Give me everybody who works. You can figure that out. You can find out how much they are being paid. Very important. Because if it is somebody that is a, a moderate level, then they're also getting something like a take-home car. And they do not account for that normally. And they don't account for the gas card or the gas that is filled for the city vehicles or the Department of Water and Power vehicles. Whenever you see one of those water and power vehicles driving down the road and they have a child in the car or groceries or they're stopped at the hardware store, ask yourself, wait a second. Okay, maybe you have to go in these remote places up in Mammoth and Bishop and go check on the, the facilities. I get it. So so you need a car. But, but what are you doing at the grocery store again? Dropping your kids off at school? with a city, county, state car, 
Why are you doing that with the city of Los Angeles seal on the side? You see, normally I get it. It used to be this. Sorry. You got a job with the city. Listen, you're never going to be rich, but at least you'll have a retirement. You'll have a pension. Yes, you're not putting into Social Security, but don't worry. You stay there long enough. They have a pension. And by the way, they have pretty good benefits. So you're not going to be paid a lot and you have pretty good benefits. So people would give up something to work for a government agency or a city or a county. I'm going to be a teacher. Well, you'll never be rich being a teacher. And maybe in some districts that's the case, but not here in Southern California. Educators work eight and a half months out of the year and they make 70, 80, $100,000 a year. Now, some, some smart ones, I'm not saying the ones that don't do this are not, are, uh, are not smart, because if you manage your money well, you can take two and a half months off a year. But some of you have to go back to work in the summer, and I'm okay with that. In fact, I respect that. You go work somewhere, summer camp part-time, work at a, at a grocery store or, or hardware store or something else you enjoy. Fine, go do it. It's your, hard, it, it's your time. But many educators... They, they'll, they'll work from eight to three. Yes, you grade papers at home. I work at home, right? Everybody works at home. Everybody works a little extra hours. And I love my educators. Please don't get me wrong. I just, you're just not a victim, not of the financial side. Where you are a victim, and I'm with you 100%, is the physical and the verbal abuse that you take that you are not supposed to take. I am with you 100%, and nobody can pay you enough for that because you were never trained. Most of you are out of shape. You're not, you're not an MMA fighter. Why are you going to take down a 17-year-old? Right? These kids are in their prime. They're, they're physical, strong specimens. And you're a middle-aged educator who, who doesn't exercise in most cases. I don't mean you're bad. You're like most of us, right? When you get in your 40s and 50s, you're not as active as you were in your teens and 20s. And they're putting you in a classroom. I am with you 100%. But don't ever say, we don't get paid enough. You don't get paid enough to do that. And it's never going to be enough because it's your physical safety. That's where I have a problem. But do I think they're overpaying somebody who works eight and a half months out of the year just because of the job? If you were able to just do your job, I think y'all are being paid well and a lot. I don't mean you're bad. I don't want you to leave me as clients. But you have to understand the people that are paying that are people that are making a choice between electricity and paying taxes, property taxes, and eating dinner. So your wages are being paid for by people that can't afford it in many cases. And if you think educators are being paid a lot of money, look at the administrators, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. The superintendent of LA Unified School. You go to Transparent California. You tell me what the superintendent of California of LA Unified School District. Right? Let's figure out what that, that gentleman is making. Because I think you guys have to know what you're getting. Because I don't know if you guys understand this, but you have a voice, even if you don't have kids in the classroom. Right? The man makes almost $40,000 a month. Forty, ten 
$1,000 a week. Monday through Friday. LA Unified School District. Over $2,000 per day. Monday through Friday. And he can't keep somebody from pounding on a teacher because he doesn't want to hurt their feelings. I'm telling you, if you're an educator and you think, well, Arif, you know, we don't get paid enough. You're never going to be paid enough to get beat up. You're just not. It's not what your job is. You're not trained for that. I think you need cameras in the classroom, period. You need a camera in the class. You have to have a camera in the classroom. That's the only way, the only way that you're going to be able to get it, uh, to get this uh, under control. Because nobody believes you, right? Your superintendent, your principal, everybody's mad because you pushed Junior. Well, Junior was coming at you with a pencil to stab you in the eye. (laughs) Of course you pushed him away. Oh, well, you can't lay hands on a kid. Are you kidding me? Then train me with uh, mixed martial arts. You need to have body cameras and you need to have cameras in the classroom. I think too, a body camera for the teacher. And then I also think you need a camera in the classroom, one facing forward, one facing backwards, wide angle. Only the student's parents can log in. And it's, it's documented date and time and my password. So who's logging in, who's looking at what, if you're worried about safety, uh, as far as uh, privacy of the kids, absolutely. All the parents sign something. You have cameras around the school. Why do you have cameras everywhere but in the classroom? You don't think this teacher who just got in trouble for, uh, let's be clear on this, California teacher, it's a lady, by the way, just in case you sexist guys, California teacher who gave birth to a child fathered by a student is now hit with another sexual allegation. No, folks, just to be clear, this is not the same one, Mary Kay Letourneau, right? This is a different lady. This is Laura Whitehurst from the Redland School District. You don't think this happens. You don't think they know that there's no cameras in the classroom and that's where they abuse kids. How about the man who just abused 13 children here in California? 13. Where did he do it? Inside the classroom. You need to have cameras in the classroom, just like you have police camera, police body cameras. You have dash cameras for the law enforcement. Absolutely. What's the difference? What's the difference? Law enforcement has millions of touches and contacts every single day. Millions. Millions across this country. And what do they do? Yes, there's 9, 10, 12 20 people, I think it's uh, 26 people a year or so that are unarmed that are shot. Some are still righteous because, uh, you know, they're, there's different reasons, but, but many are not. I get it. Officer was wrong, sometimes criminally wrong, and they're punished for it. I think there were 26 kids molested last week, reported, by the way. Not in a year, last week. I think you need to understand this is a big deal. somebody has to stand up. We're paying for something, right? We we see this across the board between what the cost is to to get you uh, the right amount of energy so you can run your air conditioning so you don't get fined because that's what they're doing. I got one at my house. 
Oh, you're using your air conditioner, using way too much electricity. I said, there's me and my wife, two, two people, that's it, in the whole house. We're not doing more laundry, we're doing less. The children are moved out, they're gone. We don't have people taking showers, we don't have hot water heater. So there's two people, and we travel, and we're working during the day. So you're telling me still, no matter what, I'm a normal-ish kind of a guy, and my electric bill is going through the roof, hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month? Do you not think it affects other people who say, well, at least I'm not going to do this. I'm only going to do this uh, you know, at two in the morning. I'll do my laundry. I think you guys need to stand up. Your retirement accounts, why would you want to retire so that you can live less than? Why do you want to retire so that you can spend less and count your pennies and watch what you eat and not, not be able to have a life of experiences? This is not an easy thing to say, right? Between the water crisis, between the, the electrical crisis in the state, and between the education that's falling apart, literally falling apart. Who's going to stand up for that? And you have the right, by the way. It doesn't matter that your kids aren't in, in school anymore. Maybe you never had children. You are a taxpayer in your common sense, and you're going to bring that to the board meetings. I want you to go. Just sit in the back and listen a few times. See if you start to see patterns of behavior. Maybe you have an idea that can help. Stay with me, guys, after the break. The inflation numbers are here. And Social Security. How are we going to fix them? I've got that for you when we return. I'm Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour. 888 retire That's 888-997-3847. retire Be right back. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about Hey, welcome back to the show. Power, I'm Arab Halaby, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven and I've been Remiss to not mention the folks that have perished in Maui and Lahaina. Uh, in fact, it's where I took my wife on our honeymoon. The exact same little village and right in Kanapali, which is the, the village just uh, adjacent to Lahaina. And uh, it's, it's tragic. We know those areas very well. We've taken our family there, our kids there on a few occasions. And the people are amazing. Uh, not all of the island has has amazing people, right? But there's some that, it's called America. I know some of you have had really bad experiences with the Hawaiian people, but I can tell you, uh, we have had mostly amazing experiences. And to see that they've lost property and their lives, many of them, probably well over 100 by the time they're done, it sounds like. Uh, please keep them in your prayers for rebuilding, uh, that the corruption that is notorious for Hawaii will not be present, and I ask that you pray that these men and women that lost their businesses and family members, that they they 
heal and, and recover as quick as possible. It's the only way I think that that you can do something like this is to rebuild as fast as possible. If you go there or if you've been there, you notice that there's just a lot of wooden structures there. It's what made it quaint. It was a fishing village. Uh, and it was a very quaint, very beautiful uh, part of the island. And so because of that, it burnt very quickly. And I guess the winds were quite heavy as well, and that didn't help. So just kind of keep them in your prayers. All right, I want to move on to Social Security. I've mentioned this before, that Social Security is set to run out of being able to pay all of the money by right in the neighborhood of about 2033. Now, they'll try to tell you 2034. They, they used to say 2035. I've kept saying uh, 2033. Well, the official uh, number has now been brought down to 2034. I believe in the next probably a year or so, it will be dropped again to 2033. Uh, and here's why. People were not paying into Social Security with their COVID relief funds. And many people chose to retire early and start benefits they wouldn't have normally started a year or two earlier because they said, well, listen, I'm laid off. I'm not working. I might as well start receiving some sort of an income. So I'll take the money. So a lot of people were in positions to not need the money and yet started. Well, Social Security does an analysis like any insurance company because that's what Social Security is, by the way. It's a form of an annuity. I know some of you say, oh, well, I just have had a bad feeling about an annuity. Great. Let's give you your pension back and give me your Social Security back. Just donate it. Well, not that kind of annuity. Aha. So you like some annuities. I'm with you on that. Some I don't like. Some I do. Some I think are yucky. Some aren't. Right? Some have fees. I don't think you should ever have to pay a fee if you're going to use your income, uh, your annuity, if you will, as income. Because that's what it its job is. You cannot call Social Security the day you retire. You say, you, you know what? How much is my Social Security check? Oh, it's $2,000 a month, sir. Great. Send me all that I put in plus interest. I don't want that $2,000 a month. Give me them. How much did I put in this? Oh, you put in $190,000 since you've been working. Great. Give me a check for one hundred and nine. You would never do that. That's insane. It's a really good payout. Way better, way better than the normal cash out percentage. There's a percentage formula that that anybody that works in the income world understands. So it's much better than that. It's very well, uh, very well done. So here's my concern. The social security system can be fixed. I'm going to tell you how I would fix it. I, I sat on the pension subcommittee when I was a Los Angeles police officer for our union. So I can tell you I know enough about this stuff in 28 years in the financial business and 10 years prior to that as a personal investor and a trader. So 10 plus 28 plus I sat on pension boards plus I'm back and forth. I, I know enough about this. Let's just say pretend for a minute that maybe just maybe somewhere in what I'm going to tell you could be the way to fix it. All right? Let's play pretend for a minute. Okay, number one, uh, when we talk about inflation, I'm going to get to the Social Security fix here, but inflation numbers came in $709. That's the net. They'll say, oh, the, the average American today versus two years ago pays $709 more per month than they did two years ago. Now, it's not really 709 because that's what you're paying. And most of you have to pay taxes on the money that you pay at the liquor store, grocery store, restaurant, dry cleaner, nail salon. 
Most of you don't get to take those dollars and pay with pre-tax money. Follow me? You have to make money, pay your taxes, get what's left, and then go spend $709. So how much in effort do you have to work for or make in order to get $709? Well, it's right around $1,000. If you're in the 30% tax bracket, think of it like this. About $1,000 a month of earning power, $12,000 per year, is what you paid for to vote for Joe Biden. You, you hated Donald Trump so much, you were willing to write a check, some of you. Oh, I just didn't like the way he talked about women. Well, don't let your daughter marry him. So what? Tell her, listen, you see this? This is a, a man who does really good things for the country and is really a crummy guy when he talks about women. Got it. Teach your kids that there is no such thing as an absolute perfect person to be president, governor, parent, mother, father, boss, co-worker, subordinate. Never. And life is always about compromise and prioritization and working through what matters to you. It's always about that. You don't be silly. Oh, he's not a... Uh, but I didn't like the way he... Who cares? You're not that important. Your, your feelings are wonderful, but they don't matter. When you vote, you're supposed to vote on who is best to fix the, the position that that person is running for. So if you vote for school board president, who is the best to vote for school board president? Oh, he's been divorced three times and he cheats on his wife. I don't care. Let him be divorced three times and cheat on his wife. Is he good to fix the kids' schools? Great. I would never have my child say that person is our moral compass for our family. No. So you ask yourself, what is it that matters to me in fixing social security? Do I have to think big picture or about me? Well, I'm going to show you how I would do it since we've now voted for Joe Biden and he's had, well, some people had. If you were in that apartment building, there was a hundred and there were, what was that apartment building? Had 15 units and there was 160 votes that came from that apartment building. And I think there was 40 people that lived there. There was something like, oh, and surprise, almost all of them were Joe Biden votes. Call me silly. What a coincidence. I guess it happens. I think enough of you now understand that these crazies are out there and their objective really is simple. Their objective is to, to get you to think certain things matter that don't really matter. And to fix Social Security, you have to look at it from two ways. Number one, it has to be right, at least something, for everybody. You cannot hurt somebody and help somebody else and say that that's a righteous cause. I don't think so. When I was a Los Angeles police candidate, when I was uh, applying for, and I'm sitting in my background investigation, and I'm in my interview, one of the MMPIs, you guys remember those tests, those MMPI tests, psychology tests? Somewhere in there was a, a question. I believe it's when me and the psychologist were sitting together, and he asks you questions to see what your psychological profile is. I'm a 21-year-old kid. I've been a Christian about three years at the time. And he asked me, if you could have a million dollars in cash, but for somebody, for you to receive that, somebody has to die 
in a jungle in the middle of Brazil. Doesn't matter. Far away. Africa, the Philippines, Asia, doesn't matter. Somebody far away you've never met. You don't know their family. You don't know them. You'll never meet them or their family. But he has to die for you to receive a million dollars. Would you do that? And I don't even think he stopped talking. And I said, no. And he said, why? I said, because it doesn't mean that I, just because I don't know him doesn't mean he doesn't have a family. Somebody knows him and somebody loves him. That, that's, that's pretty much a dumb question. I didn't say that because I wanted the job. But what a dumb and ignorant question to ask. Now, listen, it isn't dumb and ignorant. It's, it's purposeful. It's because he wants, he wants to see where your morality sits. And for me, it was pretty clear that was a dumb question. But again, for that person to die somewhere on the other side of the world, it, it was somebody else's family. So keep that same rhythm in mind from my experience of 40 years ago, 30, 38 years ago, whatever it was. Okay, ready? Social Security, you're going to have to raise the start rate. You can't, if you're 60 years old, great. You can start Social Security at 62. But if you're 58, 59, you have to wait till 65. I know it stinks, but most of you are not turning it on at 62 anyway. You're not. But the calculations for Social Security will do much better if it has three years to percolate and simmer those dollars to earn a bit more interest so that over time it can earn a greater amount of dollars and build up that account. That's number one. Now, maybe you start with next year at 63 and then 64, and then 65. Uh, there's, a, there's a way for the, the accountants and the calculator geeks to figure it out a bit more detailed. But I'm telling you, number one, I would start the beginnings of Social Security at 65. Number two, I would let them continue to grow past 70 until age 75. So there's a gradation. The full retirement age is no longer 67, but it's 70. And then you're continuing to get a pay raise the longer you wait till age 70. And then 75, if you didn't touch it at age 70, it continues to grow until that date. Now here's what that will do. If your social security check at, at 62 is gonna be $2,000, well, at 65, it's still going to go up from 62. All right, let's be clear on this. You're probably looking at somewhere around $2,500. So wait until 65 and you'll receive $2,500 a month, not 2000 Wait until age 75 and you don't receive $2,500 a month. You receive 5000 a month. Now that's a big difference. The reason is simple. At age 75, you're closer to dying. And the numbers, the way it works in Social Security, like any annuity or a pension, is it's a built on and it's a function of your life expectancy. So the sooner you take out the money, the longer that pension or Social Security is going to have to pay you. And if you say, I'm willing to take a smaller amount of num money up front, knowing I'm going to get a small amount later, then fine. But that's one thing. I think they need to raise that age. Second, I think they need to say, listen, for those of you that make more than 145 or 50,000 a year, the exact number escapes me. It's right in that number where you stop paying for Social Security. I think it's 147, whatever it is. 
That means if you make more than 147000 a year, you no longer put in to Social Security. You don't get any more benefits either. I mean, if you make 200000 a year, you're not receiving Social Security benefits based on 200000 a year. You're receiving Social Security benefits based on 147000 a year. I think they need to change that. They need to move that number up to 200000 That also means that the rich guy who's putting in should also get more out. Wouldn't that make sense to you? He's putting in. If he's putting in more money, shouldn't he get more money? I mean, I don't know. That that just seems honest and decent and the right thing to do. But he's putting in more money too. The whole time that person is working all their life, they're putting dollars into the social security system so that people that are receiving $1,500 and $2,000 a month actually receive that money and are not going to get a discount. Right now in 2033, if your social security, this is it right now. Right now, you have $2,000 a month coming in. In 2033, you will get $1,400 a month. Can you afford a $600 a month pay cut? In addition to Joe Biden's inflation of nearly $1,000 a month. Okay, that's nearly a 5-0, pay cut. You want to see the danger coming around the corner? I am telling you, if you earn $2,000 a month today in Social Security, at 2033, one decade from now, your Social Security check will be half the value, half, because the inflation will hit you at about a thousand a month. The other side of it is right in the neighborhood of about six hundred a month. So then now you will lose sixteen hundred dollars a month, and you will receive uh fourteen hundred a month. I cannot tell you how important it is. In twenty thirty three, your buying power is half. That is scary, guys. Who do you think that's going to impact? Wealthy people down the street? Probably not. Mom and pop? You know, working people? Maybe. But elderly people, widows, orphans? Yeah. Yeah, they're the ones. They're the ones that are going to have problems, just so you know. All right? Let's, let's be clear on this. It's not going to be an easy event for them. So we can fix it now. We have a long enough runway. We can make some adjustments. We can make some moves. We can fix things. It's not too late. And that's how we fix Social Security. Simple enough. Ready for this? I think student loans, that's the next thing. Today we have around 200,000. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you guys. Sorry about it. Stay with me. Stay with me. Sometimes it makes sense to write them down if if you're not sure, but but you can shut your mind off if social security is not a concern of yours. Let me tell you about the student loan world and how we fix that. Cause I know how to fix it actually. And, and this is just a calculator is it's not a secret. It's not like, Oh, era found the Holy grail of Texas instruments calculators. He did not. We actually know very simple. This is math. it works everywhere. All right, here's how we do it. Student loans, you can say start two years or three years from now, whatever. 
but effective nearly immediately, you cannot have a student loan for your first two years of school. Now, look, if you can afford to go to a four-year college because your parents saved money or they sold a house or, or you, you're a child actor or something, go. You can spend your own money. It doesn't matter to anybody what you do with your money. It's your money. Spend it. But if you're going to borrow money, which now means you're a partner with the taxpayers, right? Because we have 200,000 people that are receiving Social Security checks that are having their wages garnished because they did not pay the student loan debt. 200,000. Okay, you realize if you can't afford to pay your student loan debt, then you probably need all of your Social Security just to eat dinner. At the same time, the Obama administration and the Biden administration created this deal where the IRS now goes after your student loan debt by, by attacking, wait for it. They remove you from being eligible to travel, so your passport's now invalid. And at the same time, they garnish your Social Security wages. So you have a, a sick grandmother in Europe or in Mexico or in Vietnam. You cannot go. Sorry. You cannot go visit them because your, your passport's been garnished. Even if somebody else pays the ticket, sorry, you owe money on your student loan debt. That's what they do. That's what the left wing does. The left wing thinks it's a good idea to make you pay for somebody else's student loan debt. And if you didn't pay, if you fell into their little trick, if you thought it was a good idea, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Federal government, free, free, love it, free, give me free. Right? Two F words, fair and free. Those are the F words that you should be teaching your grandchildren and your children, fair and free. Anything, anytime you hear that, you go, uh oh, something bad is coming down the road. This fair and free world doesn't exist. Student loans only for the final two years of your school. So, what should you do? You go to a community college. We already know that 60, 70, 80%, sometimes 90% in some school districts, people have no clue on how to read at grade level. Why would you put that person in a university? Right? Why would you do that? You, you really want to make them feel like baloney, right? You want to make them feel crummy? Why don't, why don't you put them, tell them that they deserve to be there because of their race, color, and that eight generations back, somebody they never met was a slave and was treated unfairly and disrespectfully. And so because of that, they deserve to just walk into a school to check a box. So they walk into school to check a box. And now they weren't prepared for it. Or how unfair is that? There's the F word. How, un- how, how unrighteous is that to take someone's hopes and dreams and instead of preparing them properly, you cut them off at the knees? I think the only way to do it is simple. You say, listen, everybody goes to a community college. And the community college itself brings you up to speed. Maybe you have to take three years. I would give you up to three years of a community college. Yes, you have to either work on campus. You can work part-time at the subway or, or jack-in-a-box, uh, McDonald's. I don't, that's good. Go. Go work. You should work part-time. 
I had two jobs. I had two part-time jobs. I turned out okay so far. The jury's still out. We'll see. I think you're insane if you're going to give kids something for nothing because of something they can't control. Don't give me something for something I can't control, but don't take something from me for something I can't control either. Right? You can't, you can't say you can't do this because you're an American of black descent or African descent. You can't do that. Say, Oh, you can't go here because you're an American of Arab descent. Well, I can't control who my dad and mom were. Oh, but do I show up on time? Am I a decent person? Am I using English properly? Am I willing to be curious and learn? Am I willing to work hard, show up early, maybe even stay late? Take direction. Be curious, be humble. Then why does the color of somebody's skin matter? This is ridiculous. You have set people up for failure. The only racist that I know, and I'm, I know a lot of people, folks. The only racists I know are lefties, left-wing people. Sorry. And many of them are minorities. And in Los Angeles, that's white. So that would be Hispanic minorities. Why would you hate somebody or put somebody in a category because of their race, their ethnicity, their place of origin? Why would you do that? That's a left-wing. That's a Democrat. That's a socialist value. Divide, divide, divide. Do you realize there are some dorms in the East Coast? I'm not going to call them out at this moment, but I will. And some here in Southern California that separate people because they're black. Oh, it's, it's their choice. They feel more comfortable. And internally, ready for this. This is that you knew because if you've listened to the show, internally, they separate you based on the shade of your skin. If you're lighter skin, you're considered more oppressive than if you're darker skin. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? There are black dorms that say, you're lighter skinned, you go there, a darker skin, you can't be part of our club. I mean, Martin Luther King was by far from being an angel, right? Like I said, don't take marital advice from him. But his ideas on, on racial equality and keeping this country going down the right direction of giving services to everybody, I think he was right on there. Dr. A.D. King, Alveda's father, Martin Luther King's brother, right on, right on. Again, not angels. You don't get to pick your heroes. So how do we fix it? Very simple. Go to community college for your first two years. It will be subsidized, but you have to work. After that, we'll allow you to have student loans for the four-year university to finish the second year. Now, what this will do is it will balloon the campuses of the two-year colleges, the community colleges across the country, and it will shrink down those four-year universities and make them come back into a line instead of paying five, $600,000 a year for an administrator at Stanford, millions of dollars a year for some professors and provosts. Maybe we'll come back to common sense. Stay with me after the break. I have your emails, your questions, right after the break. Eric Hallaby, the Total Financial Hour, 888 99 Retire. AM 870, the answer. We'll be right back. Learn about 
about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arif Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hey, welcome to the show. Welcome back. I'm Arif Halabi, the total financial hour. Total Financial Show, now that we're two hours. got to think of that. You guys should send me. Send me your, what's a good answer uh, or, or a good question? Send me your ideas, maybe even the title for the show. Do you have a title? You can go to Arif at TFSWealth.com. A-R-I-F, Arif at TFSWealth.com. Arif at TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. In the police world, we call it Tom Frank Sam. Dot com, all right? Uh, wealth.com. TFSWealth.com. Look, uh, interestingly, uh, when I share this with you, uh, I think you need to... <laughs> when we were in the police department, I got to share this. Somebody was telling me this the other day, and I was trying to describe it to them on a phone. Uh, we were talking to a client's a former broker, and they were asking for some uh, information. So we we were back and forth, and they weren't clear. Did you say F as in, as in Fred or S as in Sally? And I, I said, well, okay. Let me explain it to you phonetically. And so I would go through the phonetic alphabet, alpha, bra, you know, right? Alpha, bravo. That's, that is what? That's army. For, for the police department, whatever reason, we adopted a different one. So ours is Adam Boy, uh, Charlie David, and we would go on and on. Different than the army. So we had to stand up in the classroom on many occasions and you had to spell your name phonetically. And if you hesitated or you weren't sure, you'd have to sit down and then you got to stand up again. Later on, they'd call on you. You'd have to spell your name phonetically or they'd write a word on the board and you'd have to go through it phonetically. That's very important because you had to do it as if it was just speaking that language. And so uh, I share that with you because sometimes I'll still revert to that. And my wife has adopted it. It's 33 years of marriage. She's figured it out a long time ago. But you guys uh, still are learning. So when I say Tom, Frank, Sam, that's it. Tom, Frank, Sam, TFS. Wealth.com. All right. Dear Arif, we get a lot of these. Arif at TFSWealth.com. You send your email, send your ideas. Maybe even if you have, hey, your the, the new title or the title of your show should be, I'd like to hear your, your thoughts on it. We get emails that frequently will go over dilemmas. Sometimes it's, hey, can you help me solve this math problem? And sometimes it's a an ethical or a moral dilemma or a dilemma that might uh, involve money where you're trying to figure out okay, what am I thinking? You know, what is the right answer? How do I solve this problem? And then sometimes you guys send uh, really heartfelt requests. And I appreciate all of those. In fact, any email you send, I appreciate. Because you took the time out of your day and that matters a lot to me. Just like our responsibility is to uh, morally take care of your money, make sure that we're doing the right thing with it. We have a great team in our office. Uh, you can work with almost anybody on this radio station and they're good people. Whether or not their solutions are right for you, that's up to uh, up to your decision uh, as to what you're trying to achieve. I think all dollars should have a job or a purpose, right? I want the purpose of your money, the job of your money, simple. Whatever it is, it should be matched with the place of your money. 
So you tell me the purpose of your money and I'll tell you the place of the money. You tell me what it's supposed to do and I'll tell you the best place for it. For example, lunch tomorrow. Okay, well, that's the $20 in your pocket. It's not a retirement account. It isn't the equity in your home to take a home equity loan to buy lunch tomorrow. You get the idea? Savings, checking, emergency. Well, that better be for access. I need it now. So your savings checking account is not designed to get high rates of return. You want as best as possible, but you're never going to give up on the purpose, which is if I need it with the swipe of an ATM card or I want to walk into the credit union or the bank, I can ask access my money now. Okay, so that's the purpose should line up. If you're saying this is retirement money and I want income for the rest of my life, I'm going to say, well, how long do you expect to live? Say, well, I don't know but I just never want it to run out. Great. Well, then that's a different place, right? Stock bonds and mutual funds are not designed to give you income for the rest of your life. They're designed to be aggressive, to grow, to fight. Maybe inflation, maybe economic trends, maybe cyclical investments. Maybe there's things that are happening in the economy where stock bonds and mutual funds are the right place to go. But your income, your food, shelter, clothing, whether or not you get to pay your mortgage next month, you don't want that to rely on what happens with earnings reports or what's taking place with uh, big companies buying and selling stock or their, their own stock uh, options, right? That is noise. The most important part of that conversation is, is the money available to pay my mortgage next month? Not... Well, I want to be able to triple it in the next five years. That is not retirement money. Now, if you're in your 30s or 40s, maybe even early 50s, and you're not going to retire for 20 years, then great. You should put it there and maybe it'll triple next month or next five years rather. You go in the market. You find that best stock bond mutual fund. And if you lose it, we have 20 years to make it back up because you're not going to retire for 20 years. Right? If your food, shelter, clothing comes from your job, your income, your paycheck, and you're consistently buying into the stock bond mutual fund at retirement accounts, right? your, your 401k type plans, then let them go up and down. You're buying more shares. Your job when you're working and you're adding money to your retirement account is to accumulate those shares. You're not cashing them in to live on, right? It's not a retirement account that is income is in the income phase today. You're gathering shares. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Right? You're accumulating those shares. So as you're doing that, as you're accumulating those shares, as you're pulling together that, that wealth, next month's mortgage is paid for by your paycheck. Tomorrow's dinner is paid for by your paycheck. Okay? So that's the trade-off. I don't want you to think there's always one size fits all. You can have a great financial professional whose job it is, is to help you acquire or accumulate all of those shares. And maybe they've done a pretty good job at it. But if they're great at there, in fact, you say, no, 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 Eric, I have a great team. Say, fantastic. Then there's no way in the world they can be great at the other side of the equation, which is now we hit the top. Now we're no longer working. Now I need lifetime income. Okay, that's different, right? Those are different people. It's like you're saying, I have an amazing punter. This guy can punt down to the four-yard line eight out of ten times, perfect punts, wonderful. 
And by the way, if you need him to be a lineman, he can block anybody trying to rush, rush the, uh, the passer. Those are different human beings. Just because you're great at being a kicker doesn't mean you are great at being a lineman. Yes, the uniform looks the same. Yes, the title, football player, looks the same. But some of you say, oh, if I work with the vice president, everybody's a vice president. <laughs> if you work at Morgan, Charlie, Ed, Edward, uh, Raymond Jones, all of these people, Schwab, they all are vice presidents. You have to be, or you're brand new. You're brand new and get the coffee, secretary, or vice president. So don't be impressed with the title. Be impressed with the actions. Right? It goes to my first hour of the show. Don't be impressed with the title. Joe Biden is the title of the president of the United States, but his actions are abysmal. Donald Trump was a president of the United States and his actions when it came to the, the, the economy and the world and the domestic policy were, were amazing. His actions maybe as a person, not so much. So I'm not going to ask you about person advice. I'm going to ask you about domestic advice or international relations or bringing peace to the Middle East. Right? Th those are things that you need to separate in your life. What's the job of my financial professional? Well, when you're working... Their job is food, shelter, clothing comes from your paycheck. So their job is maximize your retirement, gathering and accumulating of, of pieces and parts called shares. See the trade-off? Okay. So let me give you this. This is Ellen and Steve. So Steve and Ellen. Steve is the one writing. Ellen is the one that is, uh, is also here uh, as part of the, the email. Okay, here it is. Dear Arif. My wife and I have decided to split our time between our home in California and with our daughter in the Phoenix area. She has our first grandchild and we want to spend as much time with her as possible. We're not interested in moving there, at least not for now, but would like to move back and forth at will. So here's a few questions for you regarding this new phase of our life. First, do you think we should buy property there and rent it when we are not there? I hear Airbnb is a great way to make extra money. Okay, I'm gonna pause there for a second, guys. If you are generally an entrepreneur, you have real estate experience, if you have dabbled in it even a little bit over the rest of, or the previous part of your life, Steve, and this is a big thing for you, to just, this is like a stepping stone as opposed to a big step, then I'm okay with you exploring the idea of Airbnb. I'm okay with that. You'd have one room or a closet that would be what's called a lockout, where you are not allowing, you know, you can keep your clothes and your personal items there so you don't have to always haul them back and forth. And then the rest of it you can rent out. So I'm okay with that. But I want you to have experience in the Airbnb or in the rental market if you're going to do that. I don't want you to consider this as a brand new thing. You worked for the city over here or the county or a job, never did real estate, never explored or understood the, the nuances of having renters. And you're going to step into that at your age and phase of life. It's a lot to learn. And if your focus when you go there is gonna be on your daughter and your grandchildren or your grandchild, I don't want it to be dealing with problems with the Airbnb. So just consider it as an option, okay? Second, okay, let me continue with their email. Another option, Arif, is an RV or a motorhome. We're not sure where we would park it, uh, where we would park it there, but she does have a big driveway. The down payment on the house is about the same price as a nice RV. But then we would have 
the monthly payment going forward on the house, but not on the RV. That's why we would consider using the house for Airbnb. We do have enough money for either choice. We just want to make the correct financial decision. All right, I'm going to pause there before I get into the details of their financial life. So let me share with you, if you have an idea of buying an RV, if that is interesting to you, um, and I like the idea, I mean, I think, listen, there's there's some fun parts to it for sure. There's headache, right? You're driving 58 miles an hour when everybody's passing you. So it takes a lot longer to get up the freeway, to go over the hills. Uh, it's more difficult to back it in and get fuel. You have to go to the right places so you don't uh, you know, crash your RV or crash into other people. So it's a different thing. So here's what I would recommend, Steve. I want you guys to rent an RV. The next time you go out to Phoenix to visit your daughter, rent an RV and drive it. And you don't have to get the 38-footer or the 42-footer. Those are pretty big and large to control. Decide what you guys like as far as, you know, I want my private space where I can do my work or I want she wants her space. Then we want a place we can watch TV and then a bed. Okay, so... You can find places like that in probably a 25-foot motorhome, really. Especially if you're going to be in Phoenix, most of the time of the year, the weather's pretty good. You know, you have the heat. so But you'll probably certainly be able to park a 25-footer easily in her driveway. And when it's 120 degrees outside, you're in the house anyway with her. It's just a place for you guys to sleep, give her some privacy, and you. You guys a place to kind of get away for a little bit, take a nap or or remove yourself from the scene. So I would say recommend recommending you guys rent a motorhome. The next time you go out there, see what it's like. If you like the way that feels, then we can consider the next step. You might say, I wish the door was on this side. I want the awning to be on that side, right? I, I like the idea of slide outs, all of these things. Listen, if you've never owned an RV and I've never owned one, but I've been around them a lot. If you've never owned an RV, then some of what I'm saying to you is is new or it's maybe foreign. So you think, what language is he speaking? Slide out? What does that mean? Right? It's when they, they push a button nowadays. They push a button and the sides slowly extend so you have greater walk space. And it, it just looks like a much larger because it is a much larger living space when you are parked. I personally prefer that if I was to rent because I want more space. I'm not somebody who who has any desire whatsoever to live in a tiny home. None. Zero. Not at all. Not my thing. Right? I'm I'm the guy who would who would get a larger hotel room versus a smaller hotel room. I don't mind an RV. I love that because of the mobility and you're spending time outside. But I'm not interested in living in a six hundred and eighty square foot home. Not my thing. That's good. If you if it is yours, wonderful. For some people, it's a it's a goal, not mine. All right, all right. Here we, here's where we go. <clears throat> now, we have financial questions. It's going to run down this road, and some of you are going to have to pay attention to this because it will affect you. Not it may, it will. No question, it is going to impact you, and you have to know about this. All right, let's start. I have social security of $3,700 a month, and I started this year at age 68. My wife is 65 and also started her social security, and hers is $3,000 a month. Okay, so between the two of those, those are $6,700 a month, guys, right? Pausing with the email here just a second. Remember, when one of them passes away, they don't just lose a little bit of money. 
They lose $3,000 a month. That's an enormous hit to a budget. So the higher the two of your social security checks are, the more impactful it's going to be when one of you passes away. You will lose an enormous amount of money each month. We have to prepare for that. My wife has a small pension. I'm continuing here. My wife has a small pension when she worked for the grocery stores, and it's about $600 a month. Looks like something called the PBGC is now paying her. All right, here's where it's going to impact all of you guys. The PBGC is the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. What is that? The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation is an entity that is basically insurance, FDIC type insurance, but for your pension. Now, when you have the FDIC, the government sets the guidelines. You walk in, it says Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, $250,000. The banks and the credit unions each have the same number, and they each have to pay insurance premiums when you deposit money. So if you go inside and deposit $250,000 in a CD, the bank is going to pay you a certain interest rate. They're going to make more than they pay you, Right? They give this guy a new car, this lady a new house, this person a new credit card. The difference between what they pay you and what they make from lending the money out is their profit. Part of their profit has to go and pay insurance premiums, just like you have to buy. You buy a car and you pay for car insurance. You buy a house, you have house insurance, life insurance. All of these things have a premium. Well, FDIC also has a premium, and it's preset by the government. If you have $250,000 in deposit, you're going to pay, let's just say, 10 bucks. I don't know the number. $10. Goes into the FDIC bucket, and if you fail as a bank, we'll pay that $250,000 per account. Okay. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation has a sliding scale. So if I'm big company X and I say, I have pensions for all of my employees, but I only want to buy 50% of their pension. So Joe's pension is is $3,000 a month. But if I can't make the payments, if I, if I can't put money into the pension as a company, maybe business goes bad, we go bankrupt, Joe still wants to receive his pension. Well, the only way Joe can receive his pension is if the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation pays it. But I decided as a firm way back when, I can't afford $3,000 a month to insure that much. So I'm only going to buy $1,500 a month. And I'm not going to buy $1,500 a month for the rest of Joe's life. I'm going to buy $1,500 a month for 10 years. So the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which is a company, by the way, people say, oh, it's insured by the federal government. Not true. Just like the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. That's a company. It's not the federal government. Now, the federal government does and can step in like they did to the Silicon Valley Bank. But these are not governmental agencies. Okay? Keep that in mind. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation says, Oh, for Joe, working at Company X, if Company X doesn't pay the premiums, the pension goes from $3,000 a month to $1,500. Now, the reality is most people are getting hundreds of dollars a month when they were supposed to get thousands of dollars a month. 
because the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation is usually paying 600, 300, 900. It's, it's, I've never seen it pay more than $2,000 a month. Sometimes people have a choice. Did you want this payment for the rest of your life? Yes. Well, then it's $710 a month. Yeah, but my pension was, was 2,900. Well, tough luck. You don't get 2,900 anymore. The company's out of business. But we can pay you $710 a month if you want it for the rest of your life. But if you only want it for 10 years, well, that's okay. We'll give you 1,100 a month. So you can receive $1,100 a month, but only for a short period of time, or $710 a month, but for the rest of your life. So the pension benefit guarantee had programs that the big companies, and not every company did this, but the bigger ones did, and even medium-sized did, where they bought uh, an insurance policy for the pension. Okay. Continuing. So Ellen has a a small pension. She worked at the grocery stores of about $600 a month. It looks like something called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation uh, is paying her. That's true. The PBGC is the one paying her. Uh, I can tell her, I can tell uh, probably what grocery chain she worked for way back when uh, because we have a lot of clients that worked as checkers and cashiers and their pensions are all but gone. Ask the folks that worked at TWA, uh, countless organizations, cities, counties, there's plenty of them that have gone under or had to modify the pensions. Okay, Steve says, we also have about $1.3 million combined. Some of it is an inheritance that she received, but mostly it's from my old 401k at work. What are your thoughts on how to create lifetime income? Okay, I talked about finding an RV dealer. I would love to have you guys just rent. That's kind of a big deal. Rent once or twice. Do I want a diesel? Do I want gas? Do I want larger? Do I want smaller? Okay. That you have plenty of money to make happen, I think. Having a house later allows you to give tax-free transfer of wealth to your daughter. So the pros and cons of having an RV and driving it around versus having a, a home in the Phoenix area If you have a home in the Phoenix area, whatever equity is there when you pass away is given tax-free to your daughter if she's your beneficiary. In an RV, there's not really a whole lot of tax benefits. I mean, it's there, but it's really nothing. So it depends on what you're trying to do. Do you want to give her a huge inheritance? Then real estate and life insurance is what you make sure that your children and grandchildren have. Okay? Not retirement accounts. Retirement accounts are great, but I want them to be spent for you. That's the job of retirement accounts. Real estate and life insurance, that's for the children. And so are Roth IRAs, if we want to get more particular, but not everybody has anything substantial in those. Not very many people do, rather. All right. Continuing. I want you to think about this in the Airbnb world, because this is important. When Airbnb started, it was new It was novel and it did very well. I have plenty of clients that work, that own multiple Airbnbs, some that work, uh, that that own rather hundreds of Airbnbs. It's a full-on business for them, makes thousands of dollars a month. All right. I want you to think back to the 1848, 1849 Gold was discovered in California. Men and women, but mostly men, came from all over the country. In fact, all over the world, 
because news hit China and Japan. And those men came to make their fortune. And certainly Europe and South America, Canada, they came all to California to make their fortune. Very few of them struck it rich, but some did. But who always won in that story? Always. It was the picks and the shovels, the saloons and the brothels. That means if you own the general store, forget about the last two, but if you own the general store and you sold jeans and, and uh, uh, picks and shovels and sundry items and food, everybody, whether they struck it rich or not, needed to come and buy supplies from you. In today's Airbnb world, my opinion is the picks and shovels today are being sold by the housekeepers. Housekeepers win no matter what whether you make a profit, whether there's house damage. So if you want to be in the Airbnb business, it's my opinion that learning how to be a good housekeeper and run a housekeeping company, get in there, have multiple clients, customers, right? They always win. Airbnb, sometimes you lose. Housekeepers win all the time. So I think that's the picks and shovels. What would I do? It's very simple. I like the idea of laddering some of that. You've heard that term with, from me before, the 1.3 million combined. I like the idea of taking that and laddering it into a couple of different accounts. All right, first, I like one that from an inheritance standpoint, whatever is an inheritance, keep that in that same person's name. So if it's Ellen's money from her as a beneficiary, keep it in her name. We keep it off to the side. We have it come in each month. It's taxed as a regular income, and I would allow that to run its course because sometimes there's rules associated with that. The non-inherited money, the IRA, I could probably make that eh, right in the neighborhood of about $4,000 a month. And it will last the rest of your life. And the reason we need it is because at this point in time, one of you has $3,000 that you're going to lose when the other person passes away. So I would build kind of a backup of a backup plan to make sure no matter what, there's money that lasts for the rest of both of your lives. So I would separate it up, put it in a couple places. We would get a lifetime stream of income. Stay with me after the break. I have another email. This is from Mona. I'm Eric Hallaby, 888 retire Your emails on the Total Financial Hour when we continue right after this. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Our second hour of your emails or second half hour, I guess, of your email, second hour of the show, Arif at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. Your emails matter to me. It tells me what you're thinking, tells me some of the concerns out there. Of course, I meet with many of you every week, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the trust, in fact, and I honor that by doing my best to stay 
on top of things and what's happening in the, the economy and the system um, in Sacramento and even Washington, D.C. Um, my trips there often are, are settled on, uh, well, almost never are they uh, you know, personal pleasure, if you will. Of course, I do get a little pleasure out of it, but it's, it's business related. It's to learn about what's happening to you so I can bring back uh, a full set of ideas and, and common sense to any kind of financial program that I put together for you here on AM870, The Answer. All right. This second email is interesting because I, I think Mona sent an email uh, that is going to touch many of you. My experience has been that this is going to touch uh, some of you and kind of hurt. So I'm giving this to you ahead of time. But before I do, I want to comment on something because some of you have mentioned in the past of being offended. And, and I'm going, wait a second, you're a conservative? You should never use the word offended. If you're offended, that's a you problem. You understand that. If your feelings are hurt, that's a you problem. It's not my job, and I love all of you, but it's not my job to worry about your feelings because if I worry about your feelings, then I offend that guy next door to you, but not this person, but this person. But who am I supposed to pay attention to? Myself and my God or you and your feelings? I don't mean that gives anybody permission to run around and be a jerk. Of course not. Have respect. Learn where you come from. But if I say something that hurts your feelings... That's, that's a great time for you to learn how to manage that and worry about your own feelings. Can you imagine if the world operated, if, if Abraham Lincoln operated under the world of, I got to make sure I don't offend anybody today? Well, would we have a different country if Martin Luther King was worried about hurting the feelings of the white Democrats in the South? You know, Martin Luther King was a Republican. I don't know if you know that. He was a conservative because family values mattered, even though he may not have always adhered to it. He knew it was best for the black community because faith mattered to him because he knew it was best for the black community. You see, if you're an American of, of descent of something other than white Norwegian who came off the Mayflower, right? You're, you're accused of everything under the sun. Is anybody worried about your feelings? Oh, wait, you said that I'm an oppressive race, so uh, my feelings are hurt. What? No, nobody cares about your feelings, and you shouldn't either, guys. You should care about doing what's right and honorable. And when, because it will, hurt somebody's feelings, then, then that's a time to learn for them to learn how to deal with it. It's not your time to learn how to change what you say. Now, if you're not right, if you're not honorable, if you're not truthful, then you, you, you course correct, you make a, a change. But nobody's job is to worry about your feelings. Your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandchildren, they care about you because they care about you. They know you. But if you're offended by a presidential candidate or you're offended by a newscaster or a political commentator or my radio show, guys, now it's time to go, okay, why am I offended? What, what do I need to change to not be offended? Right? How many times do I say, uh, Joe Gonzalez from Cerritos lives at 1234 Main Street. I am speaking to you. It never happens because that's not what I do. So 
if you are that person who lives where, wherever and you're saying, whoa, 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 what Arif said, what do you mean I have to stand up and I have to do this? What, what do you mean that I shouldn't say that? Or, or, I, or I, well, maybe you should look in the mirror. You really think somebody else is going to fight for your rights? Do, do you really think somebody is going to stand up? Or is it you? Do you really think the baloney that the left wing has, has wrought upon this country for the last 80 years or so? It's nothing but, but veiled in communism and socialism. That's it. They want to control what you say, what you think. Now they want to control how you spend your money. That's why Visa and MasterCard are all about uh, ranking and cataloging your sales at gun stores and, and using your Visa and MasterCard to buy ammunition and go hunting and fishing. They, they count all of that. Because nobody pushes back. Nobody stands up. Nobody says, eh, that sounds kind of weird. Why don't you count how many times people buy poster board and markers? Because maybe they're, they're creating a sign on these overpasses that said, Jesus loves you. Or we love America. We, we better start, we're, we're going to start checking that poster board. You bought way too many markers this week, sir. Can you explain to me Why? Because speech is not free anymore. Because you guys didn't stand up. You got comfortable. Again, it doesn't mean be a jerk and be unpleasant. It means be firm. If they interpret it as being unpleasant, that's a them problem. Right? Have, have a foundation. Have a set of universal values. And then you'll have a chance to stand up. Because some of you buy into this baloney and, and it's too late to change. And so that's where I'm going to go with this. Dear Arif, my name is Mona and I'm a single woman who has never been married and have had and have no children. I have heard you say on past shows how many single women who have never had children come to regret that decision. I too regret that decision deeply. I regret my decision to never marry and have a family. And although I was close many times to being married, but for whatever reason, it did not happen. I am currently 67 years old and plan to work until at least age 70. All right. I worry about my health care expenses that may come later up, uh, later on, and any future need for possible in-home care or long-term care. I have a small pension from the County of Los Angeles and about $1.6 million saved in my retirement accounts. I still have the first home that I owned and currently rent it out. I receive about $3,000 a month from that. I don't owe anything on it. But is there a way for me to use that money to buy long-term care insurance now? Is there a way that I can set aside some of my retirement accounts to give me additional income later on and possibly be there for my health care? I'm, I'm relatively healthy and I exercise regularly. Sincerely, Mona. Okay, guys. I prefaced her email because a lot of ladies in the 60s and 70s bought into this. You can have it all and you don't need a family and those are weak women that stay at home. I will tell you from personal experience, they are not weak women. My wife who, who homeschooled three children, who gave up a career to do it, should be honored every day. The young men and women that we turned out in our family... It, is admirable. And listen, I, I always say I was the principal because I was the dean. I was at work, come home, 
If the kids had big troubles, I got to be told about it. But if not, my wife took care of everything. So the dad didn't have to be worried about those details. So the honor and respect go to her. Does it mean she could have been a vice president or a president of a big firm one day or a company? Probably. She's very smart. She could have been, who knows? But that wasn't what we valued as a family. What we valued as a family or as a couple when I was 20 and she was 19 and we first met was one day we wanted to have a family. She still has her college degree. She's still one of the smartest people I know when it comes to running a company because she runs our company as far as the, the books go. But she had a priority. And we used to laugh at people that would say, oh, you know, I have three jobs and my kids are in six day cares. And we'd say, gosh, you know what they're missing? Sometimes you have to. I'm not saying you don't, right? There's, but, but the have to is, has been stretched into so... We have to because our, our three new cars and our new boat and our RV and our, our vacation home and our 6,000 square foot house, we have to work. Well, yes, you do. The choices you made have backed you into that corner. But we would laugh and we would say when our kids would do something funny or silly and we would say, how many other times are people missing that? Moms and dads. It was horrible. Horrible for young people to, to not look in the audience and see their mom or dad. Right? To this day, I can tell you an experience of watching my dad and my sister at one of my jiu-jitsu martial arts tournaments. I was probably 18 or 19 years old. And they were the only two that could make it on that trip because I was already now an adult and I'd competed many years. But I'm a black belt fighting in this big tournament. And when they announced me as first place, the loudest person in the room screaming and yelling was my dad. Oh my gosh, was that amazing. What is that, 50, uh, 40 years ago? And I remember it like it was yesterday. 40 years ago. I could tell you what he was wearing, where he was sitting. You see, those things matter to young people. So some of you that are fighting, you'll have time to go get those promotions. You're going to work till age 70 these days anyway. You have a short window of time to raise your kids. Mona didn't have that privilege. So how do we fix this in, in the sense, financially speaking, to make sure, right? When you have a partner, when you have somebody to take care of you, you have somebody to take care of, you tend to live longer. Statistics show that all day long. That's why even people with pets tend to live longer. I'm not a fan of cats. I'm sorry. Dogs, I love dearly. Cats and I just never got along. So, so dogs work. Especially golden doodles that are as cute as a button like mine. But even if you have a cat or a dog, something to, or a couple, I want something for you to wake up to every morning that needs you, that counts on you. All right? So here's what I want you to do. Mona, we're going to start with a couple of things. I want you to split your retirement accounts into two buckets of 500000 and 500000 one five hundred thousand will give you forty thousand dollars a year until age eighty. Then it disappears; it's gone. So from seventy years old to age eighty, it's going to give you at least forty thousand dollars a year. Now, if we take a little less, or if we make it a little bit higher, in other words, let's say I can make it seven hundred thousand. I can get you to have about thirty-eight thousand dollars a year forever. And then once we hit age 80, I would turn on another account. And that one gets to grow 
and be available for long-term care. And if you need long-term care, right, if that's the case, I can flip a switch. Now, what that means technically is you have to fill out a form or your doctor does, sends it in. We take care of all that. But without any medical exam today, they would double that. So instead of 60000 a year, it's $120,000 a year. So in other words, you have money to live on and about 120000 to bring in somebody to the house. You can go to a facility. We just pay you. We don't care what you do with it. It's your money. And if you're relatively healthy, right? In other words, you can qualify. I would probably get you a hybrid plan or an indexed universal life plan, life insurance. We're using a life insurance chassis. It has a death benefit, not as important to you, but we can buy that death benefit and use that death benefit for, for long-term care type coverage to give you additional money. Again, that's tax-free. And then whatever's left in that account can go to a church charity or a niece or a nephew. And while you're young, I want you to consider this, Mona. This is what my experience has been. 28 years dealing with clients. Here's where I'm finding. You're young enough. Start preparing for a single story house. I don't know if you have one now or the last or, or the rental rather is a, a single story. If one of them is a single story, then you can flip. You can go back to the single story house and live there and rent out your current home. Depends on where, where it is, of course. If you say both of them aren't sufficient for me to live, if I get a little older, if I'm concerned about long-term care, then we either build on an auxiliary dwelling unit, an ADU, while you're still young and, and your mind is fresh in what we're trying to do, and whether that's for you and we rent out the front. right? If you provide a place for somebody to live, a caregiver, you can pay them a lot less money because you're covering their living expenses to a certain point, right? So while you're young in the next three years and still working and still thinking and what you want to do, I want you to consider where do I want to live in retirement? Is it in California? Is it not in California? Some states are better for retirees and, and maybe certain health conditions and some are not. So consider that because at least what you're looking at is making sure you're not in a position to have to make these decisions by yourself when mentally you start to slip or physically you start to slip and you're, you're not making clear decisions. So I just want you to do them while, while you're younger. That's my point. Okay. So again, we're going to take 1.6 million. I'm going to take 500,000, start an income stream the day, you know, you turn 70 when you're done working. I'm going to go through that as much as we can. It's going to pay out at least 40,000 a year, right in that number at least until age 80. Then at age 80, the other 500,000 kicks in and gives you 60,000 a year. Now here's where we can come in. What about the other 600,000? Well, that can be the funding mechanism for that indexed universal life policy. I can get quite a bit of long-term care coverage where you are taken care of forever, forever. What I need you to do is to find out where you want to live. The big issue here is more residential because you saved enough money. You are fine financial. Now it's 
Do I want to live in that neighborhood or this neighborhood? Do I want to be in walking distance to stores and to the entertainment world, or do I want to be out in the country? Each place has pros and cons, of course. Do I want to live in California? Do I want to live in another state? Some states have very low income tax. Some, they don't tax your Social Security. Some do. So you've got to look to say, do I want my Social Security to be subject to income tax? Then I get less money. So all of you need to look at that. When you're considering moving out of state, ask yourself about the Social Security income. On my last uh, email, right, when we had Stephen Ellen, between their two Social Security checks was $6,700 a month. Okay, that's 80000 plus per year. You understand that's a lot of money, guys. And that throws you into a whole different tax bracket in the state of California and some other states. So you might say, I'm going to move to another state. They have lower taxes, but that state taxes income and another state does not. Social Security income. So do your research. You can always reach out to us at 888-997-3847, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. You can do a phone consultation. We never charge you for meeting with you. That's just not our business model. If we help you, great. Companies have built in a method to pay us just through a commission model. But every product has a built-in profit, just the way it works. Some guys in the financial world will also charge you to meet with them. And then they get paid on the products. That fee-based system is not interesting to me. I think it's a bit deceptive. I don't know. It's a strong word. Somebody believes it, right? Or somebody's doing something they shouldn't. I don't think you need to be like that. I think there's plenty of ways to get what you need to get done without being wacky and losing money paying fees, right? So, all right, uh, big issues going forward, guys, as some of the homeless people around town, I want you to ask yourself this question. What am I going to do in retirement? What am I going to do? Many of you have decided to, to stand up for social causes and the homelessness crisis in parts of this country that have never really felt it before, at least not on the scale, it's off the charts. Can you get involved? Well, as somebody who sat on the board of a food pantry and helped create one and and uh, have done quite a bit of work on it, I will tell you from behind the scenes what works and what doesn't work. A lot of these private food pantry, including some that are run by conservatives, are getting paid a monthly stipend, an annual stipend per person. So the federal government and the state government has bought the silence of a lot of these even conservative groups. Now I say bought the silence. That's a strong word. And I don't apologize for it. Because they should be standing up and saying, Afghan refugees getting $1,500 a day per person in the family, which is the case. Pick the nice hotel that maybe you couldn't stay at for a week. Because anything past that, it's, it's just too much money for you. So you wouldn't do it. You might stay for five days on vacation. Afghan refugees, I get it. Right? Whatever. And why are we paying them $1,500 per month per person? Plus free hotel, free internet, free cell phone, free food. Because who's paying it? You. I'm not against Afghan refugees. Come on now. But somebody's got to pay it. It's not, it doesn't come from air. 
when you have husband, wife, two kids, legal or not, coming over the border, $78,000 a year for that couple, that family. Ask yourself, it's more than that, but that's, that's the rough number. Who's paying for that? You see, somebody has to pay for that. When California is losing millions of people over the last decade, where do they go? Right? People are finally starting to wake up. I don't think they've woken up enough. I don't think the fight has begun yet. I think many of you are still shut down as soon as they use the racist. Right, that, That's losing its power. So now they're doing white supremacy. It's funny how they're calling Asians white supremacists. And they're calling Hispanic and Middle Eastern people. If you believe in conservative values, if you're a black American and you believe in conservative values, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Why are we giving something for nothing? Why are we giving our money to illegal people that come over the border and we're not taking care of our own veterans, our own homeless people, our own inner cities? Oh, you are a white supremacist. So that's the new term. They'll run that for maybe six months or a year. You'll start to know what comes up because they test the water. The left wing on MSNBC and CNN and even now Fox in some cases. They'll test the water. They'll start throwing out other little terms, right? They had racist for a long time, and they have they had other terms, right? That was, but they would float white supremacists, and then they look around the room. Oh, let's see. Do people get shocked by it? Are they offended in a good way? Oh, they are. Okay, let's go with one. So now it's they're racist and white supremacists. Oh, oh, huh? How about that? So they'll be done with that word for a little while. And then when they're done with that, you're going to see another word come along. Now, here's the difference. You guys have to brush it off. And you call them the same thing. The only racist that I know, and I know some, I do, they're usually left-wing and they're usually black. Love them because I love everybody that God loves but I'm not interested in trying to accommodate that feeling. When you think races need to be separated and you're doing it under the guise of, well, they just feel more comfortable. Really? So what if I, I changed black and t- put white? Whites feel more comfortable if blacks would just be over there. You guys would follow behind me to fight that because I would fight it. I'd be at the tip of that spear. But when they say, oh, uh, well, let's do it and then give us money. Give us money. Give us reparations. Even though there were thousands of blacks held as slaves by other blacks. And West Africa was enriched. And there are families there, tribal families that have a lot of land and a lot of power because of the slave trade that goes back 150 years. I think black Americans that are descendants of slaves should go over there, take the land of West Africans who allowed slavery to take place who today are wealthy because of it and in their tribal communities and other communities have land and wealth and possessions and you're supposed to give it to black Americans. That's just as absurd, isn't it? When are you guys going to stand up? Come on. We need your help. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being part of the show. 888-99-RETIRE. The Total Financial Hour. You can reach out to me at Arif at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif, A-R-I-F, at TFSWealth.com. Have a blessed day, guys. This is AM870, The Answer. Now,
Every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.